Welcome to Relevant Tones. I'm Seth Bostead. This is the second in a two-part series uh, called Stargazing, music inspired by astrology, which is currently a trending topic. This uh, happened live at Caveat in February of 2020, February 23rd, right before the COVID crisis, which neither of my astrologer guests uh, predicted. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe they don't know what they're talking about. At any rate, I was talking to Rebecca Gordon and to Samuel F. Reynolds, and we had music by Sufjan Stevens for the Oso Quartet or performed by the Oso Quartet. So let's go now to Caveat and the second part of Stargazing. Yeah. So we were talking about free will. Ooh, what a wonderful concept. And I love what you said about neuroscientists, because I'm a big fan of Kurt Vonnegut, and, and a lot of his fiction is really, you know, there is no free will. That we're, we're just, we're the slaves of our, our, our neurochemical makeup and, and really have no other things that we can do. And, and you know, I, mean, I, I could walk off the stage right now and, and just go take the train to Long Island, and, you know, I don't know why I would do that, but I, in theory I could. Um, I'm going to. <laughs> but, I mean, <laughs> but anyway, how does this all relate to astrology? I mean, how, how do you think about the, the concept of will in relation to astrology? Well, yeah, I, I, again, it's a misnomer. I, I mean, it's almost as if we are working to free the will. Uh, but first of all, we, yeah, it, it's not as free as we think, right? Um, we, we, back to the uh, metaphor with ecosystems, we each have our unique terrain. Like if your terrain is all, like yours is um, fire and air, you can't be, um, you know, water and earth. So you work with what you have. If somebody's, uh, or, or you can look at it even like a carpet, a tapestry. And this tapestry might be one person's pattern. And, and you can't turn that into a geometric modern pattern. So I find astrology is really about knowing, knowing yourself and committing to that. And I think the, um, sure, there's many things we all can try, but there's certain things that we all will naturally be magicians in and other ones that we won't. We can, you know, slave away at for 20 years and, and it'll still be somewhat challenging. So I do feel like we, we uh, do best focusing on what we came here to do and knowing that. Um, so, so yeah, perhaps it's not as free as we think, well, although we can have fun with it, we can try all kinds of things. Um, yeah. Kind of stretch that comparison to the the neurochemical idea, and I mean, so if you're, if you're doing things you're not good at, or or I mean, as as you're developing uh, different different skills, you actually develop new neural pathways, right. and uh, that's a really interesting thing. Is, is there a, a similar idea in astrology that that uh, I mean, we have all twelve signs within us. I mean, could I develop more right. of my Taurus? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. So one way in which astrologers look at that is that we can progress your chart. Um, one way to do that is called secondary progressions, where we would imagine that a certain number of days after you were born, literally, like if you were born November 22nd, 1967, we could count 52 days after you were born as symbolic of 52 years of life. And the positions of the planets will be different. And by virtue of that, get, that gives us an idea of what other things you may be dealing with. That doesn't mean that you're no longer the sign you were born or the signs that you were born as much as other things have come into the room. Like this space has been here for a long time, but it's been reconfigured in different ways, even though the blueprint and the layout of it has been consistently the same in terms of like the exit signs perhaps, and you know where things are in terms of particular walls. But what's on those walls, what's added, that can change. And that's what astrology can do to look at what neural pathways that have opened up astrologically. 
Go ahead, Rebecca. I was just thinking on that note, you can think of like the seed of an oak tree, which has the DNA baked into it and the sort of timed release that's there. So it's going through these different learning experiences, different stages of gestation. And each one is, is how we progress that cycle that Sam was talking about, 52 days, 52 years. So yes, we do. I, I mean, I, I once did a a workshop on epigenetics and astrology and find that really interesting how we can extend in new ways um, beyond our chart, for sure. How do professional astrologers feel about the proliferation of apps? I mean, you can get your horoscope, you can get all this stuff on an app. Why don't you talk on that first? Uh, <laughs> is it a contentious question? <laughs> I actually think it's a great thing. Um, I am all for it. I know it's sort of like a contentious topic in the astrology community. I find, sure, when anything becomes popular, certain people are going to do it right. Certain ones will gloss over important things and they won't be done right. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's all kinds of... We just have to accept that as, as anything becomes popular. And I think that uh, somebody who actually wants to get a reading, they're not going to get a, an astrological reading from somebody who's just doing memes you know, on astrology. They're going to do their research. And I, I do think it's, I mean, the general population is so much more savvy. I remember when I first started studying seriously in the early 2000s, and, um, you know, I, I would be embarrassed to say I was an astrologer at a party because people would think, oh, hippie, smoky couches, I mean, you, you know, they, they, and astrology is absolutely going through this kind of rebrand now that you can be any kind of person, you can be any color, any race, come from any background, and you can be an astrologer. It's really, apps have democratized it, and they've given everybody way beyond a base level, sun sign. I was on a panel with a couple of journalists um, a few years back, and, and they were talking about blogging. And he was saying, well, I mean, you know, I'm a professional writer. I spent my whole life doing it. This is what I do. Would you go into a restaurant and you want some rando to cook your food? <laughs> you know, no, you want a chef. Uh, I mean, do you feel the same way, more or less? I mean, you spend an awful lot of time doing this. It's a complex science. And, um, you know, it's certainly, I mean, I guess it depends on what people want, too, like you're saying. I mean, some people just want a, a quick horoscope. It's fun for them. But for people who delve in deeper, they should absolutely go deeper than... Well, yeah, I think that's the thing. I think they should be willing to, to look beyond just what's on their phone. And like my problem with apps is that sometimes the information can be wrong. I'm a professional astrologer and I downloaded, I won't say the app. I don't want to get in trouble with anybody, but <laughs> I downloaded the app and, you know, put in my information in time. It was all wrong. So I'm like, well, I mean, like, I know my chart and what you're saying is not my chart. What's going on? So I did call the company and talk to the company. <laughs> and um, they said they would you know, fix it and work on doing something better. But I think the general public doesn't know. And I think that's the key thing is to kind of do due diligence. And I don't think anything can supplant a living being. So you, you know when the, where the planets are in any given moment. Is that accurate to say? I don't know about that. What do, you, <laughs> do you know where the planets are right now? <laughs> no, I don't know if it's any given moment. I, mean, I can't tell you the exact degrees, but the signs. Yeah, yeah. maybe the yeah. signs, but you know, sometimes I unplug too. You know, sometimes mm -hmm. I don't know where the moon is. I used to have a guy who would call me randomly, literally, and be like, where is the moon? <laughs> well, tonight's and I'm like, like <laughs> he's out here actually. He's in the right. In the, he called me on Thanksgiving and I was like, in the sky. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm, I'm <laughs> Don't eating. Call me. Maybe this is a good time to talk about the sky tonight. 
Yeah, right? yeah, I was, yeah. I was curious. We're, we're, we're uh, launching a new venture here. Uh, yeah. You know, all throughout history, right? People have consulted the skies if they're launching something new. So, how are how are are the stars my friends? Or yeah, you, you yeah. Them out back you picked it up. You picked it. You picked on the day this. of a or night of a new moon, right? It's so that's perfect. really yeah, it's really perfect. I was like, did you have an astrologer pick this for you? And not no, I chose it uh, out of four dates. I was like, that one. Okay. <laughs> but, but not only is it a new moon, it's a new moon in the sign of Pisces, the sign that rules music and the arts, beauty, what? transcendence, yeah. and here you are with a musical venture. With a Venus in Pisces, no less, Oh, right? yeah. So that's well, just a little Venus flavor of... Aries, move, right? yeah. just, just to kind of sex it up, or what, yeah, what is well, the Venus Venus but is you also, Aries, yeah. In Aries, absolutely. right? But yeah. you also have <laughs> Neptune. It's, the moon is going to go to Neptune, and so that also creates more of like a mystique and mysteriousness, so that's All good. All right. Great. There's All right. no better time to pleased. launch something than a new moon, so <laughs> right. well you, done. And you did it. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. I'm very happy to hear that. Uh, let's have some more music. So we're going to bring Peter Ferry back. He's going to perform four more pieces by cool. Mark Mellitz. Yeah, this time around, we're going to hear Libra, Capricorn, Sagittarius, and give it to me, Scorpio, yes. your brother. All right. <laughs> All right, big hand for Peter Ferry.
Peter Ferry performing music of Mark Mellitz. Uh, let's go ahead and bring the quartet on the stage. Uh, where is Oso Quartet? Let's just bring him out and get him on the stage uh, so we can be on time. <laughs> All right, I think they're tuning. They hear me. Okay, so the next piece uh, is music by Sufjan Stevens. Uh, it's from an album that, that is completely, as far as I know, different from his other music. Uh, it's called Enjoy Your Rabbit. And uh, the quartet that we're going to hear, Oso Quartet, they commissioned a lot of great composers to arrange these pieces. The pieces are electronica. Uh, those of us who are in the house heard a lot of them uh, before the show tonight. And they're inspired by the Chinese zodiac. Can uh, Rebecca or Sam, one of you in, in about a minute, just tell me um, how different is the Chinese zodiac from, from ours, the Western zodiac? It's extremely different. Very. <laughs> I mean, you can't even compare it. Every, every sign in the Chinese zodiac takes a year. And every sign in the Western zodiac is about a month. So I, I don't really think they have much to do with each other. But yeah. I, I, I mean, you, you can, of course, combine them. You can say, well, you are a you know, Scorpio snake or a Virgo ox. Of, you know, they, they can actually work seamlessly together, but they don't have much to do with each other. And that's sort of the beauty of astrology, that all over the planet, cultures basically channeled their own way of um, relating the heavenly bodies to, to Earth. So yeah, I mean, a, a different culture will have the same concept that the planets affect us, but they, they interpret it differently. Or even conceive of it differently. I mean, Chinese, the Chinese zodiac, it's not just based on the positions of planets, per se. It actually centers on one main planet, which is Jupiter, actually. Um, and Jupiter takes about uh, 12 years to go and complete a cycle through each sign. Um, and so it's a similar idea with the Mushu, which is the actual name for the animals in the Chinese zodiac. Great. All right, let's hear some music. Um, so we're going to hear four of these pieces now. We're going to hear Enjoy Your Rabbit, arranged by Michael Atkinson. We're going to hear um, Year of the Rooster, arranged by Gabriel Kahane. And then we're going to hear Year of the Horse, arranged by Rob Moose. And then we're going to hear Year of the Boar, also arranged by Michael Atkinson. These are all songs by Sufjan Stevens that sound completely different. I mean, these are really, really creative arrangements to do it for string quartet. So let's hear the Oso String Quartet now perform these four selections from Sufjan Stevens. Thank you. 
Quartet, big hand. Wow. Well, we heard Monica Davis and Maria M. Violins, Jillian Gallagher, Viola, and we heard Maria Jeffers on cello. Uh, it's music by Sufjan Stevens from his album originally called Enjoy Your Rabbit. And uh, well, we have a couple of minutes. Maria, can I put you on the spot here? So uh, you guys commissioned composers to arrange these. Originally, it was just Mike Atkinson because Bryce Desner from the National has um, a Music Now Festival in Cincinnati, and he said, hey, Supion, how about you arrange these for string quartet? How about Mike Atkinson does it? And so Mike Atkinson did the first four, and um, then Asthmatic Kitty loved it, and uh, we just asked some arranger composer friends, and here they all are. And Asthmatic Kitty, that's Sufjan Stevens's label. Right. 
Okay. Uh, I love this album. I, I, your, your, your renditions of these pieces. I've known about it for a really long time. It was such a treat to sit right here and, and hear it live. Um, where can people find this album if they're interested? Oh, all around. Everywhere. <laughs> so your guys' version is called uh, Run, Rabbit, Run. Right. So Ken Stevens is, is Enjoy Your Rabbit. Right, and ours is Run, Rabbit, Run. Run, Rabbit, Run. Okay. Thank you so much for being here. It was sure. really phenomenal. Thank you. <laughs> All right, we're at the end of our program here. Um, a big hand, please, for my guests, Rebecca Gordon and Samuel F. Reynolds. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. I don't know how you would spend your Sunday night better than this. I mean, you know, conversation about fascinating topics paired with amazing music. This is, uh, this is where it's at. So <laughs> if you're here, good for you. If you're watching at home, great. Uh, go to our uh, YouTube. Find the Relevant Tones channel on YouTube. Subscribe to it so you know about future episodes. Like us on Facebook. Go to relevanttones.com. Think about Relevant Tones every single day. Uh, <laughs> every minute. <laughs> every minute. Yeah, I, you're an you're astrological overlord, and I'm asking you to do that. Uh, <laughs> I want to thank a few people. Um, Cesar Papetti for the marimba rental. That was a huge thing to get that, uh, get that in here. Of course, our performers, Ford Forkurian. Uh, playing Perry Maurer and uh, Peter Ferry playing Mark Mellitz and also playing the music of Sufjan Stevens arranged by a lot of people.